Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh! The Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can check our website out at ohthehorrorpodcast.com, connect to our social media links, check our back catalog of season one and two, which you can do. You can connect you to your, those things. You can connect to your uh, favorite podcast platform and do the same thing. We don't hold anything back like the others. Yeah, no. You know. No. We don't do that. No. And if you, you get it all. <laughs> and if you would, wouldn't mind donating and uh, helping out to the cause, help uh, the creative director, Dean Winchester, get some biscuits or HR, get some little treats here and there. Mm-hmm. And maybe just some tea for the house here. Yeah. For our right? uh, for our lovely speaking voices. Uh, yeah. For our delicious dish. You can connect to our Linktree ad, ad, address yeah? in the uh, show notes and uh, find the donation links there for whatever uh, kicks your fancy. Suits your fancy. Yeah, you can yeah. just pick tip jar, put your card information in, pick the amount you want to do, bazinga. Bob's your uncle? Yeah. Done. And if you're a Bitcoin person, go for it. Yeah. If not, okay. fine. Yeah. Doesn't hurt my feelings one way or the other. Either way, we're doing Whitley Strieber today. <laughs> we are. We are. I, uh... Episode uh, 117, Season 3. Yep. Whitley Strieber. Mm-hmm. We were going to do Communion, and then I found uh, two other books that I decided to cram into my skull before this. Yeah. I I went 100% with Communion yeah. because I had read it before when, it, when I, he initially released it. I read it when it. it first came out. And, yeah. uh... I definitely, uh, well, we'll do sources and then we'll yeah. kind of get the preamble going. I did Communion, A True Story by mm. Whitley Strieber. Yes. I read Communion uh, years back when it was uh, out, a thing. so to speak, or a yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I read The Key mm-hmm. by Whitley Strieber. I listened to The Key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also listened to The Supernatural, Why the Unexplained is Real by Whitley Strieber and... Jeffrey J. Cripple. Okay. Cripple. 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 Yeah. Sure. You're just going to do all the pronunciations? We're going to do the apothecary thing all over again. <laughs> uh, sorry, folks. You missed that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was in warm up. <laughs> yep. Or sound check. Uh, um, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I find Whitley Strieber absolutely fascinating. Same. And I also feel sorry for him. Like, Same. I genuinely feel sorry yes. for this man. Yes. Because uh, I I really believe what has happened to him mm-hmm. has happened. Yes. Like, I don't think he's making anything up. I don't either. I really want to put this out of the preface because, A, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, Whitley, I'm a fan. Yeah. I've always been a fan. I want to personally thank you because you were very influential in my life when I read Communion and you showed me a different way of looking at things. Yes. And for anyone who hasn't read anything of Whitley Strieber, yes. I recommend you start with Communion. Mm-hmm. He evolved from Communion. And he, uh, if you buy a newer version of his book, 
the preface does he does have a new introduction. elaborate to that yeah. and it was 2022 introduction yes and he's uh but what i find amazing about willie and again thank you so much for doing he what you're doing he didn't have to share any of it he didn't have to share any of this and uh he's literally been um just harassed mm-hmm. to the nth degree uh he no longer is able to enjoy his camp up in new york yeah where all this started mm-hmm and uh, they've pretty much ran them out of there. Um, it's sad. It is. It's really, really sad. And uh, what makes this so fascinating is you have a very well, um, well-spoken, well, like a, a, a well-developed mind yeah. that this happened to that could communicate with a lot of clarity. Yes. Um, now, this is where we get into the minutia, and we're not going to do it this time around with, is this right? Is this wrong? Mm-hmm. Is this, you know, but when this book came out, this was a blowout. It was. So initially, I had seen that alien book cover. Mm-hmm. I thought it was on TV. Yeah. And I thought it was either Unsolved Mysteries or talk show or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I did a quick search on the internet and I couldn't find any such reference. I mean, usually if something like was on Unsolved Mysteries, yeah. it pops right up. Mm-hmm. And But I do clearly remember seeing the display at the B. Dalton bookstore in our local mall. I was a B. Dalton mm. girl. I was not a Walden bookshopper. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. So I did pick up the book. And the book was originally released in 1988. And I remember being so disturbed by the story when I read it at the time. Yeah. Like, my first reading of Communion, I was actually dreading reading it for for the episode because I was so disturbed when I read it the first time. And then you I were was, different this time. I around. was so creeped out by the alien on the cover. I was creeped out by his story, his experience, and I think what upset me the most reading the reading it the first time was his son. Mm. His son describing and writing about and talking about these things. And that I think is what upset me the most because there was a part of me that was like, nobody's safe, man. Yeah. Like they have no, they have no limits. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they just don't care. Yeah. Cause you know, before that you had, you know, some movies and you had some kind of off the wall, you know, like you had the Hills and you know, like all, you know, these different kind of experiences, you know, but, but this was this kind of repetitive visitation. Yeah. And like, he just, again, explaining it in such detail yes and with such emotion yes and this um but what i really really cherish most about whitley streber is even to this day he will sit there and say i don't all this happened that we're going to talk about try to talk about today Mm -hmm. it's a lot it is um but but i adore his absolute honesty of still saying to this day i don't know what it was I don't know if it was a UFO. I don't know if it was another, like an alien. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was, you know. um, So he has this way of being um, religious Mm -hmm. because he's he's Catholic. He has this way of being scientific and being just about the facts. Mm -hmm. And he also 
blends in the in between the emotion of right. the feelings of helplessness and yes. and he gives this testimony of of a survivor yes. of something like this and not mm-hmm. really a survivor but just a um a person who has this in his life yes an experience an experience and, yeah. and 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 multiple experiences again according to him Mm-hmm. Um, he does have kind of corroborative information with other people. He does. Which is unique in its own yes. right. Uh, he's also very open about when he came out with this. Uh, you know, he used to be a writer, like a horror writer. Yes, he stuff was. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so coming out with this, people were originally like, oh, he's just trying to pump books right, and blah, yeah. blah, blah, yeah. all that stuff. But then to his surprise, the outpour, because he was this basically this gatekeeper mm-hmm. that opened the gates for these other people that had experiences mm-hmm. and come to him. And he's had them by the thousands, I think of tens of thousands, he's, he's mm-hmm. said, throughout the years. Yeah. Um, I believe he's in his mid-70s right now, um, or 77. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's born June 13th, 1945. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just... Is re is I really recommend communion. And if it you, was good. And if you get into communion, there's a there's a heavier book that is the um supernat the supernatural, why the explanation, you know, the unexplained mm-hmm. is real. And then the key. That would be the the, the order I'd go to. Because mm-hmm. the key the key gets into some real deep stuff here. And it's even stuff that I would question. Um Again, not questioning his authenticity, but just, are you thinking this is what it is? And But what gets to me is, is like how he can hold himself together with all of that happening that's, amazes me. Like, that's where he's an inspiration to right. me. Like, you could have all this happen and yet you could still keep yourself together. Yes. Even when everyone else is against you and everyone else is through, he's just defiant. He's just, this happened to me. We talk about it with Bigfoot yeah. sightings and yeah. things like that. This is where I look and it's like, this guy, I, I believe him. Yes. Now, whether what it is and all that. And again, that's where I value and adore him so much because he'll be the first to stand up and say, I don't know. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I like the humility. Yeah. I, And I, I was, I was actually pleasantly surprised at my reading experience this time around. So what happened the second time around that was different? And then we'll get into it. The first, I expected this to be just like it was the first time. I expected to be creeped out and disturbed, but that's not the case. Mm -hmm. What actually ended up happening was I got much more thoughtful and introspective Mm, on it. Okay. Like I, I took it as thinking on a much broader scope, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Not just taking it and the incidences at face value, but actually because of all of the research that we've done on yeah. all of these topics, yeah. it just kind of forced me because his stories are not like, it's not just him. Yeah. Like this, this, t- and he brings it out in the book, which I was just so disturbed the first time it never registered with me. You didn't carry that with you. I didn't. I didn't carry him pointing out, you know, there are references to this throughout history. Yeah. So this time around, I was looking at it like, okay, so 
if we're going to operate on the notion that this is real, why? Yeah. Like, what is the purpose? Yeah. Why are, why these people, why do they choose the people they choose? Well, and that is a beauty in the regard of the supernatural. This mm -hmm. is where I look at it as yeah. a combined, like a, yeah. if you were to pick two, communion and the supernatural, hands down, because they, they pair so well. Um, it, you could technically read the supernatural without reading communion, mm -hmm. but I think you're doing yourself a disservice because you get to look at the evolution of even Whitley Strieber right. through this through yes. communion, especially yes. if you get a new one and you get the new preface uh, of him explaining his growth and, right. and all of that. But yeah, this goes back so far. So far, way, way farther than I even thought. Yeah, yeah. Because he and I bring it up. Yeah. I, um, so let's let's dive into okay. it. Okay. That's so. This book centers on two incidents that happened within one year. Yeah. That left him feeling at times ill. He was confused, like he was almost like a self crisis. Like what's happening? So he these incidents had so disturbed him that he contemplated jumping from the balcony in their apartment in New York City. That's insane. And it was at that point he called a known ufologist, Bud Hopkins, who actually made him feel better and suggested, hey, why don't you come over? And they were talking about it. And he goes, you know what? This kind of this kind of sounds like an experience. You know, maybe you should consider hypnotic regression. And Bud recommended a doctor, but Whitley's like, no, I don't want to use your guy. Yeah. I want to use to make sure that he wasn't being fed information because the issue with I think we have to do a hard stop for a second because mm -hmm. the issue with hypnotic regression if it's not done by an unbiased psychiatrist what you end up getting are false memories because yeah. you're being led you're being told a narrative and then you create the image in your mind to fulfill it's said narrative. very, very delicate work. Correct. And I would say 90% of the time, unfortunately, it's screwed up. Correct. Because people are not. Correct. Because they're not, know. they're not being impartial. Yeah. They have a narrative and they have, they have a bias yeah. toward what they think the story is. Certainly. And in the regression, and that's why Whitley's like, no, I don't want that. Yeah. So he picked a guy who was just good at hypnosis, but wasn't completely shut off to the idea of, you know, aliens could be involved. Like he didn't, he was just like, nah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's people that'll sit there and shake their head at, you know, this type of hypnosis and things like that, but... Here's a good example. If you didn't watch on, uh, uh, what was it, Hulu or whatever we watched, the Sarah Lawrence cult. Oh, yeah. There, you know, here's a guy who was doing that very same stuff and planning things in their head without hypnosis. Correct. Just talking to Correct. Yes. If you are not of a strong state of mind. Yes. Or have any kind of confidence, yes. self-driven yep. confidence and 
are someone who's very seated in your beliefs and you're mm -hmm. comfortable with your beliefs, mm -hmm. someone can do this to you without hypnotizing you. Correct. You have to understand that. Yes. That's a huge thing to cover right now. Yes. You, you know. don't have to be put under. No, to, to be, be manipulated. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And everybody's like, oh, I was in a trance. It's like, no, you put yourself in a trance. Correct. You know, yes. so now you put hypnosis on top of that mm -hmm. and it's just too easy. It's yes. way too easy yes. to insert people's minds into a certain place that you would want them to be and or even thinking you should be putting them there. Right. You know, it's a, it's very delicate work. And that's one of the strikes against Bud because Bud was doing hypnotic regressions, but he always asked very leading questions yeah. because he was so focused on you know, whatever hey, it was he was studying in ufology. You're compromised he on the idea. very much compromised. Yeah. So the Strebers have a mountain cabin in upstate New York, and I was guessing it's got to be somewhere in the Catskills because they were driving up from New York City, and it only took them like a couple hours. Yeah, that's how it works, yeah. And both incidents that would be the subject of the regression occurred at said cabin. Mm -hmm. And one of the two... Uh, occurrences actually had additional witnesses as they were guests staying at the cabin and they could at least corroborate some of the details. Yeah. You know, it didn't happen to them, but the extraneous stuff did affect them. Mm -hmm. So the first hypnotic regression was from October 4th, 1985, but we start with what Whitley recalls before he even gets into it. Mm -hmm. At the cabin on this night was Whitley, his wife, Anne, their son, and two close friends, Jacques Sandalescu and his girlfriend, Annie Gottlieb. It's a foggy night with a half moon, which was blocked by the cloud cover. That's how thick the fog was. They had had dinner in town with only a glass or two, you know, like a glass of wine and like a cocktail or they only like these people are not drunk. Yeah. They all retired early, and Whitley was reading before bed. He slept for a few hours when he awoke to see a blue light cast on their living room ceiling. So picture a typical cabin with, like, cathedral ceilings, and they've got a hexagonal window near the peak. Given the remote location, they have been unable to recreate this light phenomena mm -hmm. with car headlights, the neighbor's outdoor light on their house, flashlights like they tried everything and they were unable to recreate this light the light was moving from the ceiling toward the lower part of the living room whitley surmised that the chimney must be on fire and then immediately fell into a deep sleep mm -hmm. which would not be normal if your last thought was our chimney must be on fire and shooting cinders onto the lawn you don't just go eh, i'll deal with it later <laughs> so it is guessed that these events all transpired after midnight because nobody knows exactly when it happened. However, a loud pop awoke him for a second time, similar to like a firecracker. Mm -hmm. And at this sound, his son started screaming. The entire house was engulfed in a glow that extended out into the fog. His first thought is that the fire from the chimney must now be worse, yeah. meaning the entire roof must be on fire. And he told his wife, Anne, that the roof's on fire. I'll get our son and wake the others. Halfway across the bedroom, the glow disappeared. He continued on downstairs to his son's room to confront to comfort his son. Jacques, 
was in the hall on the way to the son's room Mm -hmm. and startled Whitley. And he comforted Jacques, told him, you know, everything's okay. Just go back to bed. And then made his way into his son and, you know, got him settled down and back into bed. Little was said the next morning. Annie mentioned Jacques being disturbed by the light, which didn't make sense to Whitley because their room is in the back of the house, has only one window with no view of any exterior light. And their door was closed to their bedroom. And they leave a nightlight on for their son. So he was like, oh, you know, maybe it was the nightlight from his son that disturbed him. And then he's like, oh, wait, their bedroom door was closed. So that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And he asked his wife if she remembered that night, and she said it was the night of the bang. He asked his son, and his son said, the night of the bang, a bunch of people told me it was okay. You threw your shoe at a fly. And then Whitley said, what people? And his son said, just a bunch of people, people who were around. That was one of the things that disturbed me the first time. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I'm like, oh, it's not just him. Like, they're there with his with his kid. And, you know, I'm a kid at the time, and I'm going, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, being a kid doesn't protect me. No. Nope. And I was like, here we are, living in a trailer, in the middle of my grandparents' cornfield, in the middle of nowhere. Like, cows truly outnumber the people, like, 50 to 1. And I'm just sitting there going, well, what better place for them to come and get <laughs> scoop up people? Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, oh. I don't think I slept for a week after I read the book the first time. <laughs> so Jacques did remember being awoken by a very bright light, not moonlight. And he thought it was like daylight. He thought it was midday and that they had mm. overslept. Annie was awoken by the bang because he called them. And he's like, hey, what do you guys remember? And he didn't ask him anything. He just asked them, hey, do you guys remember that night? And Jacques' story was, again, the light. He just remembered that. And he seriously thought they had overslept. Annie was awoken by the bang. And what she said was the scurry of little feet running across the bedroom floor upstairs, which she associated with the Streber's cats. Mm. However, the Streber's don't take the cats with them to their cabin. Mm -hmm. And because the other people there remembered similar details, that's what prompted Whitley to do the regression because he was sure that if he called these people and their story was different from his, Mm. then it was literally just a dream or something he made up. Yeah, I, I think a time for a brief brief pause on this is that's the conflict he claimed to have at yes. that time is, is this me? Is, am I going mm-hmm. crazy? Am I losing my mind? Yeah. He you know, went to psychiatrists to yeah. have himself evaluated. Yeah, again. He was sure he was losing his mind. Again, and they're this like, is where no. I just truly value the, the writings of his because he just has this genuine honesty you know, and, yes. and care, yes. you know, took yep. all of this care yep. into all this to, you know, before going to these next steps. You know, And that's why he chose to get regressed by Dr. Donald Klein, because his concern was that the hypnotist would ask leading questions, yeah. thus tainting the results. So now we get into the hypnosis sessions by Donald 
Dr. Donald Klein with follow-up questions by Bud Hopkins at the end of the sessions. October 4th, 1985. Whitley describes meeting the first alien. It's small, it's short, it's got big slanted eyes, and it has a metal rod. He kept calling it a ruler with Mm -hmm. a silver tip. And when he touched that ruler with the tip, to what would you what you would call your third eye mm-hmm. in between your your eyes in the middle of your forehead just mm-hmm. in between your temples if you will and this sent a bunch of pictures and images into Whitley's mind the alien had a bald head but there was like a covering over it like um he kept calling it a film yeah and then there's a second voice that says I won't hurt you. The aliens remind him of a bug, and they have very intense eyes, and he remembers the explosion that came from a needle in the air. That's what made the bang. Mm-hmm. And then they go into a bunch of detail about what the bang could be. Yeah. Is it like thunder? Is it like slamming a door? And he's going on, and he's like, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the next event is December 26th, 1985. So after this October experience, what Whitley remembers is he had gotten into the habit of looking into closets, under beds, and he's looking for people hiding. Why wouldn't you? Before bed. (laughs) And he doesn't tell his wife. Yeah. They have an alarm system. Yeah. They have a motion activated porch light. Correct. Like they have all these things. And he also bought a gun. Mm-hmm. That he also didn't tell his wife about. Correct. So he remembers a first alien. It's a male wearing what he described as cards. Big square blue card on the chest. An oblong one down his middle and a round hat. Looks like he's wearing a face mask with two eye holes. A round hole between them down toward the mm-hmm. bottom. Yeah. Moves very fast. In the first time I read this, I was like, that's interesting. And then many more come in the room and they're wearing coveralls, like overalls. And the coveralls are blue. Their heads are bald and they're very short. First thing I thought of was minions. (laughs) The only difference is the minions are yellow and these little guys aren't. Yeah, yeah. Like they're like a gray color. And I was like, holy shit, is that where... They got the idea from the minions was from communion. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) Then he remembers a female entity. She's very old and she's there to comfort him and explains that there will be an operation. Whitley remembers screaming. She asks what they can do to get him to stop screaming. And his response was, let me smell you. And she's like, okay, I guess we can comply with that. And as soon as he smelled her, That's what opened up this floodgate of all these other images. She had a big bald head, brown leather-like skin. Also reminds him of a bug. At one point, he's like similar to a praying mantis. Couple arms, couple legs, tall and thin. Also regresses to when he was 12 years old. And that's when in the hypnosis session, he remembers the smell. Mm -hmm. And that takes him back to the first time he remembers that smell. And it's when he was 12 with his dad and his sister on a train back home to Texas. They were in like 
Mississippi or Michigan mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, he's originally from Texas. So he sees rows of soldiers on a cot. They were alone. And that's when the aliens picked him up and told him they will send them back when they're ready. His sister is on the floor and he thinks she's dead. And then he sees his dad standing up and his dad is very scared. And he comes, he, Whitley keeps telling his dad, it's okay, it's okay. And his father's going, no, Whit, it's not okay. This is not okay. And he kept saying it over and over. And as he's saying it's not okay, Whitley's like, oh, 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 because he was all into it. Yeah. He was like, this is pretty cool. And that's where the female entity was present at the train incident. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to uh, get his wife to go under. And I loved her sessions. Yeah. Because they literally got nothing. Yeah. So she doesn't remember any details. Like, she just can't go deep. But she does say that she knows her role is to help Whitley when he returns. Mm -hmm. Though there was an incident when she and her son were at the cabin alone. She can't remember any details. She gets to a point of where the contact would take place and she shuts down. And she's like the night of October when her son cries out, she knows that she can't go to him, that she can't go and comfort him, Mm -hmm. that that's not her job, that someone else will comfort him. And she recalls hearing a female voice comforting her son and she just assumed that it was Annie, that Annie had gotten up, gone across the room and was helping her son, even though Annie never did that. So she has a completely different hypnotist. She goes to Dr. Robert Nyman and he does her sessions. So we're going to, they, this is when they try to get the details from July 30th, 1985. Yeah. All of these incidences, by the way, take place in 1985 mm-hmm. in, in the book. In the book. With yeah. the exception of the experience when he was 12. She remembers the afternoon, but nothing after. She remembers that Whitley is supposed to go. Like, he's the one that's supposed to go. Their son, he writes essays in his journal at school. Of his mother fainting when she sees what he calls the monsters. He and his mother were in a cornfield and he was eating a piece of corn when a very, excuse me, large thing hovered over them, orange and green with blue feet, which bumps. And then he says, and um, has with bumps and and orange feet uh, and kind of like hovering. Mm -hmm. And then Whitley's like, you mean like flying? And he's like, I guess. So throughout the book, Whitley refers to them as visitors and claims that they've been here like all along, essentially, that there's stories about them and insert whatever yeah, the group is. This is where, uh, you know, reading the supernatural, why the uh, unexplained is real with Whitley and um, Jeffrey uh, Cripple, uh, uh, Crippel or mm-hmm. I won't go through that run again. All of them. Uh, yeah, this is where they start talking because this continues to go on in Whitley's life. These yes. visits and all that. And the cover that you see on uh, Communion, he refers to the woman. Yes. And um, yep. And he ends up developing this like really like loving attraction to the woman. 
Well, even it's... though um, she would, he said it was like breaking a horse, like breaking in a horse, like she would handle him, yeah. quote unquote, and yep. be rough with him. And, yep. and he looked at it as like breaking in a horse, like so he could comply. Right. So they were after something. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, they reference in the Supernatural uh, book that, you know, you start looking at all these cave drawings and this is where they start getting into what they call plasma, plasma energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the story goes on through mm-hmm. time with Willie. And, and he looks at this more as plasma, just mm-hmm. plasma in its raw state. Mm-hmm. And this is energy. And energy has, you know, they're traveling through this this energy field or mm-hmm. plasma. And you start looking at that back in the past and you see it in cave drawings, these yep. lights, these beams of yep. light. And um, all these biblical references. And it's it doesn't even matter whether it's Christianity or... Right. Islam or uh, Buddhism or or what have you, you know, all of these have these uh, these beams of light, right? Yep. And people just being in awe of these beams of light, and yeah, and that's when it starts flipping the lid on you because exactly. you're looking and you're like, yeah, this is this is different. We're yeah. not talking about little green men now. We're no. talking about a universal experience that's happening not only throughout time, but different places, different people. And there's, you know, drawn records and recorded yeah, and records he's saying of it. There's references to them in our history. And he brought up Ishtar, for example. Yeah. And he feels that Ishtar closely resembles the entity that he feels is the female who's been a part of all of his events Correct. all along. Yeah. And then he brings up an event from April 26, 1897. It's a small town of Merkle, Texas. There's a group of people leaving church at night, and they allegedly saw a heavy object dragging along the ground. They followed it until it bounced across a railroad track and got caught on the rails. It was an anchor tied to a rope. When they looked up, they saw a quote-unquote airship with lighted windows, a headlight on the front brighter than the light of a locomotive. Ten minutes passed, and soon a man who was seen wearing a blue sailor suit when he saw the people, he cut the rope and the ship sailed off sans anchor into the night, the anchor having been left behind. A Sunday in the borough of Clora in Ireland, the parishioners of the Church of St. Canarius heard a noise on the roof. They went outside and saw an anchor embedded in the eaves. The anchor line rose up into the sky where there floated a ship on the air. A man leapt overboard and swam down the line to the anchor, and after an altercation with the parishioners, he cut the rope and managed to return to the ship, which sailed away. The anchor remained in the church ever since, but has since been lost as the incident took place around A.D. 1211. Yeah. And that's when I went... Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) See, this is the beauty of reading... uh, these encounters with Whitley Strieber, because uh, I was explaining to somebody uh, as I was prepping up for this, and they were not familiar with him at all. And I mm-hmm. said, "Look, I said when you read him, uh, you got to be, you got to just pretense yourself that you're going to have a fire hose pointed directly at you. Yeah, and it's just a hosing of experiences, uh, yeah, yes. um, information, information, and data, none of it connects of it. together. It's just yeah. blah." Yeah, you know, right it's at all you. at you. Full and, power. And, and, and yeah, <laughs> and so you grab some of it and you you process it. You carry a little bit with you. Yeah. And then um and then a couple days later 
something will creep up and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. He said that. And, mm-hmm. and you're just trying to juggle it all together. And here's the thing. If you're going to c- pull up communion, if you're going to pull up the key, if you're going to pull up the mm-hmm. supernatural and all his other books, um, if you know, related to these exposures and things like that, if you're looking for the book to answer a question, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be disappointed. It's there's if no anything, answer. There's no answer to the question. It presents more questions. Oh no, that's yes. what I'm getting at. Yep. Is you know, if you're looking for an answer, you're gonna be sorely uh, unhappy. You know, I mean, you're gonna for be any very answer unhappy. that you may infer. No, you're gonna you're have five gonna more end questions up with at least five more yeah. questions. Yeah. So, so you never truly get, and even that, like he'll build up to a point where it's like, okay, here's an answer. And he'll go, but I just can't confess to that. Like I can't, you know, like, and you're like, and you're sitting there like, man, you know, it's just, uh, so yeah, it's one of those books where you go in and you come out with a lot more questions, a lot more confusion, a lot more misunderstanding, but it's also I think you're also more open. No, you you open up more. Yeah. And, and you look at things a little wider. Yeah. And that's, uh, in the end, that's Whitley's point. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I just want you to look at this a little wider. Yeah. Take the narrow focus away. Yeah. Makes you stop and think. Take the blinders yep. off. Take off all your 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 biases and all of your uh, your your preconceptions and yep. all that. And, and just look a little wider at the lens and mm-hmm. look at a part of a picture that you just don't think is there or wouldn't consider. And, and right. that's, uh, that's the beauty of it. That's without a doubt. So a common trope in these abduction stories yeah. is electrical items being affected in these encounters. Think Bonnie and Betty Hills, uh, Barney and Betty Hills watches stopping. Mm-hmm. So he, pres- he provides an example in his book, a man's car, the electrical systems, were causing trouble post-abduction. The car lost all electrical power and could not be restarted even by jumping the battery. It was towed to a repair shop where nothing was found to be wrong. The battery recharged recharged to normal by itself during the night. And he goes, and I know this because it happened to him the morning after his 1226 visitation. Mm -hmm. So Whitley joined one of Bud's abduction support groups and there was a woman who had what was um she had spontaneously lost a pregnancy like she had gone from a positive test doctor's appointments confirming the fetus is growing to nothing being noted inside her uterus there was no spontaneous miscarriage like there was no no bleeding She went from having a baby to none. And another common trope is that they're working on some sort of alien-human hybrid. Yeah. And that was reiterated in the Coronado Island mass abduction event. Check Mm. out that episode. Yeah, the Coronado Island incident that we did um, also includes a character from that episode. I'll call character uh, Roger Crevin-Lear. Who was mm-hmm. the one that was uh, discovering the implants Correct. of people from the Coronado incident. And Whitley Strieber was a person in the backstory of all that, mm-hmm. uh, that we didn't disclose in that episode. Right. And I kind of wanted to bring that up, that he was involved in right. that and had an implant himself. Um, 
that mm-hmm. he claimed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so now we're getting to the juicy nuggets because I was so excited to discuss this topic. Yeah. Do you remember on the Skinwalker Ranch series on Hulu? Mm-hmm. They were talking about one of the theories presented for the cattle mutilations, which was all too common in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Is that they were taking the uterus from the cows mm-hmm. so that they could use them to, quote unquote, grow more than one fetus at a time. Yeah. And especially if there's an escalated time frame or, you know, essentially a different term with these, quote unquote, alien hybrid children. It it doesn't seem illogical no. that they would do something like they're they're like see a need fill a need here's the, <laughs> no here's the thing like they're obviously if it, all right let's just say it's real okay let's jump over the fence and right. say it's real there's ufos there's aliens mm-hmm. uh there's alien entities and let's mm-hmm. say they travel through energy they right. figured out yep. some way to to travel through there so to pull all that off and then to come here, they're after something. Right. We would be no interest to them. Right. We would, you know, to the capacity of what they're doing and how they do yeah. things, what do we have to offer them? Nothing other than reproduction. You know, like reproduction yeah. Yeah, 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 is yeah. the one that makes sense. It does. Because honestly. They're not going to get technological stuff from us because they're already so far advanced. We drive by cows, pigs all the time mm-hmm. out here. Yeah. They're everywhere. True story. And we drive past them. Mm -hmm. We drive past raccoons. We drive past all this stuff. Creative director (laughs) Dean on his back (laughs) sleeping. It's just a great interruption. So, um, but what I'm getting at is, is we drive by all that because that has no interest to us. Correct. No interest whatsoever. Yeah. The only interest we have in them is food. Right. And only some of them are of interest to food. Right. You know, the only I'm time not I'm... after raccoons to eat. <laughs> right. I'm not after squirrels to eat. No. That cow over there, yeah, I'll take some of that. Yeah. That pig I'll Delicious. have. Delicious. You know, but but if I didn't have, like, say, that need to eat, mm-hmm. the, no interest to me at all. Right. I can't talk to them. There's nothing in common. Right. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. So now you got to ask, why are they making these great lengths to come here to us? And this is where, with Whitley Strieber, especially in the key... I'm going to wait until you finish up your okay. end, but, but the key there's, there's kind of two alter ulterior motives, but reproduction, I definitely see as one of them. So this sent me down like this rabbit hole, rabbit hole. And then I'm like, are they simply acting as observers? Like the abductees keep telling the aliens that they have no right to take them, that mm-hmm. they have no right to take people to which the aliens are like, yeah, we do. And how is that any different from the scientist that catches and releases, you know, insert said animal? Yeah. Taking yeah. their data, tagging it and releasing it. Tagging bears, So are yeah. the abductees part of an alien catch and release program where those implants is like their version of the tag? And that would explain like they're just gathering this data in humans we're the animal being tagged mm-hmm. and it would explain why they get so pissed when an abductee removes their implant. Like, yeah, dude, I worked so hard to put that tag on you <laughs> yeah. and you just got rid of it. Like it's nothing. Yeah. There's, there's too many angles to, to look at it with, you know, yeah. I mean, and it, that's what I was like. Oh my God. <laughs> 
We're the zoo. We're the alien zoo. <laughs> They're just coming here. They're taking us. They're yeah. gathering all their data. The implants, mm-hmm. like, there's your tag. Here's the problem with all this is you could sit there and just be, okay, we're the zoo and all that other stuff. And it'd be like, well, maybe they're using the implants because uh, they want to have a way to create hybrid because this is the new idea is to put the implants in so we can, uh, see, they can see if we can adapt to like, right. alien technology. Right. And this would make us smarter. Right. And this would yeah. make us, uh, you know, either able to... So better than just the GPS tracker well, to see where we're yeah, migrating. Yeah, and not a locator <laughs> tag, but a way to communicate yeah. and a way to function better, a way to evolve more. Yes. Which is what they kind of talk about in the key a bit. But the fact is, is like, now you got to ask, like, who's working for who here? Right, you yeah. Know, and who's implanting ideas in your head, you yeah. know? Or if you came up with an idea, was that your idea? Or right. is that theirs? Right, you know? and then there's um, many commonalities with the abductees is that they seem to be warning them of like future events, like mm-hmm. how fragile the planet is. There's Correct. a lot of like Armageddon type mm-hmm. images, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, could they be future us who came back and they're like, you gotta, you gotta there's, stop what you're doing. Cause this is what's going to happen. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about that. Um, you know, the key basically is where he's in a hotel room and he gets another visit Mm -hmm. and this one he calls the master of the key. And this uh, person just, this entity has all of the answers to everything Mm -hmm. and uh, very misleading. It's in transcription format, like question and answer. Whitley would ask a question. He gets this back and you sit there and you ask, it's like, dude, how could you remember all of this in this detail? You know, Mm -hmm. that's what I kept asking myself the whole time. You know, Um, that was my only gripe with it, you know, uh, it led around in circles, and that's where you also got to sit there and say, okay, if they're this advanced and they're this, but there was a lot of cryptic answers, you know, mm-hmm. like, who are you? I'm God. You know, mm-hmm. you're the God. No, everything's God. You know, mm-hmm. it's all cryptic yeah. type of stuff. And and again, it talks more about the end of the world stuff and the pending ice age that'll destroy massive population in right. the world. And it's going to, you know, the leading countries are going to be erased. Actually, the movie. Winter uh, is coming. <laughs> no, the movie 2021 there, whatever it was. 2012. There, 2012. That, yeah. That was supposed to be the end. Yeah. Where like the, the weather calendar. went really yeah. quick and, yep. and all that stuff. That was kind of inspired from, I think he said, like he worked with the writers on mm-hmm. that. From this visit of this master of the key person, right. you know. And then, uh, you know, he explained things that weren't really kind of talked about. Like there's these uh, gases that are memory retaining. And he told Mm -hmm. Whitley uh, nitrous oxide's one of them. Mm -hmm. And now they're finding out with chips and chip making and all this stuff that they can use gas. And this is like getting into the creepy part of artificial intelligence and stuff like that. That's a whole separate episode. Um, (laughs) Well, it is, you know. And, uh, you know, oh, the day after tomorrow was the the book. Because that was when the Ice Age came like super quick. Yep. And they were saying that's how it's going to happen. And, you know, you got to do something about it. And it's like, it's like, okay, um, what do we do about it? You know, and they you got to do something. Oh, no, you got to evolve faster. You got to evolve faster, which means you got to integrate with machines more. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, okay, but the machines are the things that are creating the problem. Problem, yeah. You know, this is where we're going on with environmentalism now. Yes. I mean, I had to yeah. find it funny. Greta Thunberg deleted her tweet five years ago that said, at 2018, in five years, 
everybody's going to start dying because of the climate and all yeah. that. And she deleted that. It's weird. It's mysterious. I wonder why she deleted it because because we're not it's dying. It's 2023 and we're still here and it's same story, same bad channel. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so this entity kind of like uh, an inconvenient yeah. truth where we were supposed to be like part of the U.S. is supposed to be underwater. The yeah. coasts. Yeah. No. Exactly. We were supposed to have lost Florida, Florida, New York, New York City, City, and yeah. a yeah. good portion of the coast. Of yeah. California. Now, here's the thing. They say with the polar uh, ice caps melting, mm-hmm. what it's going to do is screw up the North Atlantic current. Mm-hmm. And, and, I that'll, believe that. and that'll create an ice age. But here's the thing. And even the entity told him that that's going to happen anyways. Right. You know. Yeah. So, you know, even more time that you prolong, like, and you fix this, you're just prolonging the inevitable. Right. And you're ice just delaying age, it. And yes. ice age is coming because right. that's what the earth does. Right. It's going to do a hard reset, yep. ice age, erase everything, and maybe start over. it's going to start over again. And then that's when you got to ask yourself, are you a religious person or not? You know, Well, and, and here's the other thing. The earth isn't going to live forever because- Well, no, you can Because have, our sun is a star. Yeah. Stars don't live forever. No, true. And that, yeah. at some point, yeah. that star's going to do what stars yeah. do. Or the, the sun might sneeze and blow itself out. Exactly. <laughs> Or so, a solar flare knocks yeah. everything out on the planet. Yeah. And then you're like, now what do we no, do? No, <laughs> you know, so so this is where, you know, I'm not going to make this thing about environmentalism, no, but, but no. it's 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 laughable, you know. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, though, because his earlier contacts were giving him the ability to communicate with the dead. He saw his dead mother, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he has these really just vivid experience. Yes. And then, you know, you'll sit there and you ask, okay, so this guy gets all of these answers mm-hmm. and all these other questions and mm-hmm. things. Why Whitley Strieber? Yeah. And he says it even in the key. Yeah. It's like, why are you talking to me about this? Why right. aren't yeah. you talking to some... Someone who actually has influence. Yeah, influence Could actually or, do something. or somebody who's working yeah. in the field, yep. but, you know, you're just talking to this horror writer, you know. Yeah, they're just talking to all these little lowly little peons. Yeah. And I'm building this to my okay. my conclusion in the end. I mean, we'll we'll get there when we get there, but but I have a theory. Okay. And uh and and basically, you know, the key was interesting because it really got into the science, soul, and religion and nature type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a very good discussion. Again, this is where I recommend Whitley Strieber because it'll just throw your mind open a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. And basically, the entity was telling him, science believes there's no soul. Correct. And Strieber claims the key, the master of the key, told him there is a soul. Yes. It's separate from the body and part of nature. Yes. The issue is detection. So this goes back to his theory about plasma and energy. But wait a minute. Wasn't there a study not too long ago where they were, and it had to do with death, mm-hmm. and they detected- Yeah, that energy leaves. That, that energy release. Yeah, they could and, actually weigh And they it. were saying that, yeah, like they, were, they had a weight and everything. Yeah, in and, the bathtub. And that was the whole point that that was the soul leaving- yeah. Yeah, the it was body. water displacement. It was yeah. in the it was a long time ago, hundreds of years ago, and they and they were figuring that out. And that's what kind of really emboldened religion even more. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, there is a soul. We just proved it. Right. And yeah. it was displacement. Like someone would die, you know, and but that's the tough part, you know, is all the air out of them, you know. I mean, like mm-hmm. you can be yeah. very uh objective about that. But, you know, this goes back to the plasma and energy thing, and you know, the the master of the keys telling them, you know, one part of the body is physical 
and the other is electrical. Mm-hmm. You know, the the key uh, also mentioned to Strieber that um, with it being electrical, it can be manipulated. Correct. And so he's like, are you manipulating me then? Right. And, you know, and so the key uh, told him this is a great, you know, again, people can think what they want, but this is his story. The master of the key told him to surrender to God. The right. world is in secret and everything we see is a small part of the total picture. Right. The spirit has to evolve at the same pace as the physical. And this is where they talk about technology. Mm-hmm. And basically that, you know, he's explaining to him that natural evolution is over and we will need machines to evolve to a better state. Right. And this is where we are. Coincidentally, so it seems that they are trying to help us move forward technologically. Maybe. Okay. You know, so, so this is where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I always tell, I tell people now that I physically interact with and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we'll talk about it in the show a bit now in 10 years, you're not going to recognize anything. Everything's going to be different. Right. It's going to change. Yes. Technology is going to put us to a level that no one has ever been at. Right. It doesn't yes. matter how smart you are. Right. It doesn't yeah. matter, you know, where, where you came from or whatever. Technology is going to start intersplicing in with people and it's, there's going to be a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. And again, total separate episode. But in 10 years, I mean, with AI the way it is now. Um, well, isn't Elon Musk working with on Neuralink. That, that Neuralink yeah. to help with people that yeah. have the spinal yeah. issues? Yeah. No, and that's how it's going to happen with AI and mm-hmm. Neuralink and all that is Neuralink's going to start saving people that are sick. And you're going to be like, let's go. Yeah, this is amazing. And you're going to have uh, like chat GPT, which is out now and AI, and they're going to become these amazing personal assistants for you. Mm-hmm. Think Siri and, right. you know, um, Alexa, Alexa and mm-hmm. Hey Google, blah, 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 you know, and, and they're going to just do this thing. And it's going to be literally like the reinvention of the cell phone, mm-hmm. like whatever the smartphone was, like right. how that blew open the gates. This is going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But the problem is now is you are throwing everything into the machine space yeah. and the machine space is making all of the decisions. Yeah. And that's a bad spot to be because now people will say, well, I have this opinion and it's already happening. Yes. There's algorithms in social media. Yes. That's machines telling you. Yeah. You're not allowed to think that. You should or think you can this. only think this. But yeah. I'm not going to show you this. Right. You know, that's, that's software doing that. That's machines doing that. Right. It's happening yes. right now. Yes. And, and, and people need to really understand that. And this is a train that has, it's moving and yes. it's in its direction. It's left the station. It's left the station. Yeah. And and now, you know, there has to be these points where people really have to stand their freaking ground. Yeah. You know, you could be listening to a podcast in 10 years and it's just two machines talking about something they believe people would find interesting. Yeah. And it would sound just like this. Yeah. And they would have feelings and their, you know, their emotions mm-hmm. and, you know, and they think they have emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah. is where we're starting to to talk about now. And this has been going on for a long time, but the people that were talking about it, they're like, nah, you're crazy. Well, here we are. Well, wasn't there that guy with Google who was working with the AI and And his job was just to chat with it. And he's like, this thing is, is it's it's sentient. sentient. Yeah. Yeah. And, And that's what's happening now. I mean, even with chat GPT, I mean, they're, you know, I was having conversations with it where I'm looking, I'm like, this is fucking scary. Yeah. You know, this thing really thinks it's alive. Yeah. So if this actually had a body 
and was eight times stronger than any human alive. Yeah. Do the fucking math. Yeah. You know. iRobot, Terminator. Yeah. I insert the <laughs> yeah. stupid thing where everything goes wrong. And it's so, it's so weird because all of those movies have been out, like, Terminator came out when? Early 90s? Early 80s. Late 80s? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've had these warnings, if you will, that if we submit to the machines, Mm -hmm. the machines will take over. Yeah. And we will, it's kind of like the Daleks in Doctor Who. Uh Or I'm sorry, the the Cryo Men. The Cryo Men. They're like, you need to upgrade. And by upgrade, they're like, you need to become a machine. And if you don't, they kill you. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, even this uh, being's going to him and he's talking about the law of triads, which I found amazing because, like, I'm way, way, way deep into the law of triads, you right. know. And if you're not familiar with the law of triads, really there's this conceptual idea, and it's it's got a lot of merit and weight to it, that everything is in threes. You always hear that yes. everything is in threes. Yes. Like there's Deaths problems are in and, threes. You know, and all that yep. stuff. But, but basically the premise of the law of triads is the first is the active, the positive or motivating, mm-hmm. that's the first one. The second one is the negative, the passive or denying. That's where you see like the yin and the yang mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. thing. And then the third, if we were to keep the yin and the yang model, is like the middle, mm-hmm. you know, so that would be the, the line n- that divides, neutralizing, facilitating yeah. or yep. invisible, Yep. you know, and you see this everywhere. Once you hear this idea, I'm going to tell you, I, I hate to throw the earworm in you, but you if you start looking at everything as the law of triads, you will see it everywhere you look. Yes. Religion is what they brought up in the key, where um, basically Christianity is the active. Right. Islam is the surrendering. And Buddhism is the balancing. Right. And it's the law of three mm-hmm. in, in that case. You look at, at our, our, our political parties in the, here in mm-hmm. the States. You've got the left. You've you got, got the, the right, right. And the independents. And you've got the moderates. In the middle. In the middle. Yep. You know, so you have... One that's an active, positive, yep. motivating type yep. thing, and, the, the and I'll negative. say, and I'll say that's the left. That's the left that'll say everybody needs to be accounted for. We're gonna help everybody. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna, you know, everybody. No man left behind. No person left behind. Everything's inclusive. Yep. All of this, and it's this beautiful. Everybody gets everything. This massive, positive, active, motiv- motivating mm-hmm. message. And then you have the other side, which is more of a passive or denying, like, whoa, slow down. Yes, simmer, slow simmer. down. You know, you can't just give everybody all the money. You can't just give everybody the all money the first. money. You got to have the money first and yeah. all that other stuff. And then you have the third, which is the moderates or independents in the country, you know, yeah. that are the neutralizing, facilitating. They're the invisible part. Right. That's one example. Right. Now yes. you go around and look and you'll see the law of triads everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. You know, and so this is where you start really getting into the greasy conversations of, is there a matrix? Is this yeah. all a simulation? Yeah. Have these dudes been here all along? My whole thing is, is that this is the machine. What if we wrapped it all into one? What if there are alien beings? Okay. And they're machines mm-hmm. and they use plasma and electricity to maneuver through the system like okay. a neural network yep. and and can go through time. Mm-hmm. They can go through any, you know, they can mm-hmm. move around like yeah. gods, basically. Yeah. And and what if they um they need more electricity, which goes back to the matrix. Mm-hmm. So that's getting us on the network. Right. Yep. And the only way we can do that is through machines. Right. So we're already doing the machines bidding. Right. 
And then people say, well, we got the technology to do machines from aliens. Right. You know, so all of this technology was bestowed to us to help us. Help us. To enslave us. Right. Which, again, is the Matrix. Yeah. Everybody can say it's all about trans. They said that just to piss everybody off because of red pill, blue pill. Yeah. The Matrix is that story. That machines came through to enslave humans so they could survive. Right. Because they created a godlike instance. Right. And they believe in God because we created them. Mm -hmm. And and this is this revolving thing. And it's, you know, again. Yeah. Just stuff. This what I love reading about this guy because you will start thinking like this. Or you'll be scared shitless and, you know. And, and you'll go around, but so, this is, this is the beauty. Like I love talking about this around this guy. Cause he just makes you think. So one of his things was like, you know, why, why me? Why are, why are you yeah, taking me? Exactly. Why? So in his introduction, he brings up, um, that among abductees, there is a common brain abnormality among them. They find a few quote unquote bright objects in areas of demyelination mm-hmm. in an MRI and it's the same sort of thing that's seen in MS. But like in Whitley's case, he had so few that they were not likely to cause symptoms. Yeah, yeah. But so like that the was from his yeah. 1985 MRI. They did another one in 2014, which did show a common thread among these abductees that some have abnormally dense connections between two brain areas, the caudate and the putumen. Collectively, they're called the striatum. And they are the critical parts of the executive function. They're involved in cognition and perception. Mm-hmm. So it could be that they simply need to scan or search for that anomaly. And that determines who the abductee will be. Because whatever it is, you know, they might have the electricity that they're searching for. So that's why they choose that person over another. Yeah. Just like in Whitley's case, they took him and his son, but they leave his wife. Yeah. And, but they, they have her hardwired mm-hmm. to the point where she knows her job is to serve. She has to help. Yeah. She has to help when they get back. She's got to help them, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever it is, you know, get back to normal life, assimilate. Yeah. Or forget. Correct. Forget that it happened in the first place. And Why? Yeah. Why forget? Yeah. See, to me, there's, if you take a step back from all of the lure of it, the mm-hmm. mystery, the, yeah. the, the mysticism of it all. Yeah. To me, I just, especially reading it again at a later age, mm-hmm. being uh, older, mm-hmm. more experiences, seeing things that uh, unfortunately I can't unsee. Right. Um, I, I just see it more like, it's malicious. At the end of the day, it's malicious because it doesn't provide any answers. No. It doesn't really provide any insight. No. They don't communicate to anybody that would be of actual influence. Correct. And that's where I look at it from, like, I could really connect demonology and this together. Yeah. All in, in one kind of loop. Yeah. And that's why I kind of prefaced it with, like, this is machines mm-hmm. doing all this. So now, um, I don't know if you remember... But Scott, my buddy yeah. that listens to the show and yeah. all that, and he gives us stuff yeah. here and there. And remember, he mentioned, and we were talking about it before we even got it from him, those toys that just power on for no reason. 
and there's videos about it all over the place. Or the ones talk that work it. and they don't have batteries exactly, in it at all. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there's mm-hmm. these toys. Yep. If people aren't familiar with this, look it up on the internet. It's pretty freaking creepy. Um, there's videos of these toys. It's common in, in homes with infestation. Yeah. Or supposed infestation. No, exactly. Yep. So, so usually homes with infestation with demonology and demons and things yep. like that. What you'll have is these toys that just... They, they power on, they light yes. up, they turn or whatever yep. they're supposed to do, but they don't have batteries in it. Yes. And it uh, usually starts with the batteries are in the toy, like the toys in the bottom of the, the toy chest, the yeah. batteries are dead. They know they've, they've, they've been known dead that they don't work. And it, yeah. and it starts to work. So they're like, well, all right, just to be on the safe side, I'll we're going to, we'll take out. the batteries out. Yeah. Same thing happens. And then mm-hmm. they're like, what the yeah. fuck? And then it gets listed on eBay as a haunted toy. Yeah. 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 So you have these, uh, you know, so there's actually a market for these. And of course, with that, there's a bunch of fraud. And, yeah. You know, et cetera, well, it's et like the Dybbuk boxes. Yeah. There's no such thing, but there's a huge market there's for a them. Ton of and them. you can pay anywhere from 20 bucks to thousands, thousands of, dollars. of dollars. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. But however, this is where you get into, you know, and Scott was mentioning as well, where this is a vehicle that demons can travel through. Yeah. So now you start looking, you know, you've got cell towers, you've yes. got, you know, wireless charging, you've got all this type of stuff going on. And if demons could maneuver or evil spirits, mm-hmm. what branch of religion or, or, you know, thought you're from, but could maneuver through electricity like that. If you were a demon, you'd want everybody on the electrical grid. Right. You'd want everybody, everybody on yeah. the electrical yeah. system. Yeah. Gives you more access. Yeah. What's weird, though, is they also have the ability to take over dolls. Like, these are things that have zero electricity. Yeah. But they have the electricity of the people and the... Yeah, Air, so it's, the, so now you're home, so now you're going yeah. from electricity to plasma to energy. Yeah, you know, and yep. again with saying there's memory retaining gases, mm-hmm. you know, and you have a gas now that could you know, so you start smashing all this up together. It it's hard to maneuver any other way, at least for me. Right, you yeah. know, like I just look at it, it's like this is a no brainer. Because I yeah. always break it down to the to the like the lowest denominator, mm-hmm. you know, like the lowest denomination of it, right? And you know, or you know, the factor is: Do you believe in evil? And and that's where you got to start. You got to start exactly. with: Do yes. you believe in evil? Because if you believe in evil, then all right, evil exists. Correct. Go down the wormhole, then. Yes. Where does it come from? Yes. How does it travel around? How does evil go from one person to another person? Right. And you start looking at all this, start researching it. I implore you, I beg you. And and if you need some information, email us at O-T-H, O-T-H at seriouslydecent.com. So, and I'll send you a ton of information on this type of stuff. It's interesting you bring this up because um, the Bigfoot Collectors Club podcast, whenever they have a guest on, they play this game called Bullshit or Believe It. Yeah. And... Last year's bullshit or believe it, like it, it's very, it's very quick, and you just have to give them your gut mm-hmm, mm-hmm. instinct. Yeah, and demons was one of it. Mm-hmm. Like, do you believe in demons? And the number of people who said no, yeah, was Scary. incredible to me it's because yeah. how do you not say Richard Ramirez yeah. is a demon? 
Yeah. How do you not say or infested by Gacy no. was a demon? Yeah. Ed Gein, you know, pedophiles. How do you not say that's not demonic? Yeah. I'm going to be so bold as to say, all of you who are getting all up in arms with the priests that were abusing oh, yeah. children, yeah. and I'm going to be so bold as to say, not just within the Catholic Church where it was yeah. the priests going after the little boys. Let's talk about the. Uh, the schools, the indigenous schools where they just free reign, yeah. whatever they wanted. And it yeah. wasn't exclusive to the priests. It was yeah. also the nuns yeah. abusing these kids to the point where they died. Yeah. And they just left them. But also what's funny with the How stigma. How do you not say that's not demonic? Yeah, that's evil. That yes. And it just shows that it evil. It has to be. Evil can hit the most trusted yes, places. Yes, you know, everywhere. Yeah. And to and deny it. And here's what else is evil. Is someone will sit there and say, well, that's why I don't send my kid to church. But you send them to school where there's more exactly. abuse than the churches. Can we talk about the number of times a teacher has abused a student? Yeah. Or a coach has abused a whole, whole entire team. team. Can you we know. talk about gymnastics for a second? Yeah. Where the coaches were abusing those girls. Yeah. Horribly. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, no, no that's cool. But they're not going to church. That's good. You know, it's so crazy. I, so if you were a demon, yeah. wouldn't you want to create that construct? Imagine the power. Imagine the power you would yield over, you know, all, yes. all these souls. Phenomenal these... cosmic power. <laughs> <laughs> living yeah. And it, this is where, because what really flipped me around with it is mm -hmm. I was, uh, I, I can't even remember the book I was reading, but it was on um, demonology and yes. exorcisms and deep. Yes. It was probably uh, Amworth that I was reading. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm, I'm way in, I'm having nightmares every night. Same. I mean, like just crazy, yeah. crazy stuff. And all I was and, doing was reading about demons, like you know, their names and yeah, yeah. No, it's, 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 it's a, you know, I don't challenge people to do that, but like, again, we've mentioned it a couple of times, like this show gets stressful at times and we go through experiences, you know, yeah. you were, you were seeing shadow people for Christ's sakes. You for know, a long I mean, time. like for a while, you yeah. know. And yeah. um, I was having these terrible dreams and yep. waking up and yep. like instantly just grabbing a rosary and yep. you my, know going through that at three in the morning. And then I, and then I got to wake up and go to work. Yeah, you know, I my mean, my sleep just, paralysis came back. Yeah, yeah. The me night too. terrors. Yeah, it it's but it's a lot. There was a. Um, there was a statement on it, and it's also in the. Um, there's this new exorcism podcast. That's yes, out. the exorcist. And files. Um, he, the the father on there, had mentioned the priest mentioned it uh, as well. Uh, like in the movie The Exorcism, where you see Reagan and her head spins. Yes. Now here's the thing: is the exorcist priests say that you really see that? Yes. But it doesn't happen. It's, right. it's the demonic entity right. that's making you see that. Yes. So now expand that for a second. Mm -hmm. You could say that Bigfoot isn't real. It's a demon. Mm -hmm. You could say all these lights you see in the sky that are not governmental. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the ones no one can account for. It's a demon. You could say. Yeah, they can make you see whatever they want you to see. Any physical encounter. If, yeah. if you give it permission which is what Whitley did. Yep. He gave this thing permission. Yep. Not only gave it permission, seeked it out. Yeah. Wanted, went back to the camp. 
Yeah. Wandered around through the woods. Yeah. I don't know if that was in communion. I no, can't remember. It's not. But this was what he talked about in the supernatural and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. He wandered around the woods for days. Yeah. Trying to find it. Get contact again. So, so if that's the case, and, and again, you just got to go right to the first step of, do you believe in evil? Yes. You know, and if you believe in evil, you can start going down the wormhole of all this stuff. Yeah. And like I said, you start seeing toys power up without yeah. batteries in it. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, folks, you know, you might want to start entertaining the idea. Just entertain it. Yeah. You know, and the more and more you look, you're going to start seeing things and you can connect them. And if you're yeah. spiritual, quote unquote, yes. that's fine. Yeah. Be spiritual, but be realistic about yes. it. If you believe there's bad entities, I mean, the stories that we've done yes. and and also the stuff that we still haven't talked about, about yeah. Ouija boards. And that's not electrical. No. That just shows through people yeah. what it can do, where you yeah. can get a group of like five people and they all witness something. Yep. And, and it all happens to them mm-hmm. and one person becomes a host or they all do, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Simply if that's the act of using the Ouija board is granting permission. Mm-hmm. And that's all you have, to, all you do have to do is grant permission. Yeah. You know. So my problem is I'm an open person. Yeah. I'm a very open person. Yeah. Extrovert. You know, yeah. I'm about as open as you can get. And that's hard for me because, like, I know in order to keep everything out, I have to close myself. Mm-hmm. But if I close myself, I lose a part of a part of me. Yeah, like I don't, I don't want to not be like I'm. I'm okay with being an extrovert. I like being able to go mm-hmm. into just about any situation and know that I'm going to be okay. Yeah. You know, like meeting new people, insert Mm -hmm. whatever the deal is. And I'm just afraid that if I entirely shut myself down and close myself out, I, I, I also, you lose, I lose that, but I also lose the ability to see or connect with the good things, the, the things that, that bring me the peace, the joy, and the happiness. The other piece of the triad. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. here I am in this dilemma, and I'm just like. <sighs> well, and the advice that <laughs> the advice that I could give to you that helps for me is you treat yourself as the gift you are. Right. You know, so you these good things that you have, mm-hmm. you have to protect them too. Right, yes. But when you see that they're needed somewhere, you you give them away. Mm-hmm. You know, and here's the thing. You're going to get burned. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's life. Yeah. You know, that's part, again, of the triad. You I have. I feel like the smell of burning hair kind yeah. of follows me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I just, uh, and that's the way I look at it myself. Yeah. I mean, there's times, you know, I, I just, I put myself all out there. Yeah. And I say, you know what? This is, this is who I am. Right. You know, I'm going to do it. And yeah. if I get kicked down, I'll just pick myself back right. up. Yeah. I'll learn a lesson if I can. Yeah. But if not, I'm still going to be who I am. You know? Yeah. I think, you know, I hate to make it overly religious, but like, I think God puts everyone here for a reason. He does. And it's not your real job to know why. No. It really isn't. No. You're a piece 
a small piece of a very big puzzle. Yes. And, and you know, when you do these like 20,000 piece puzzles yeah. and you pull this one, one piece, piece by itself, you know, not super impressive. Well, no, you pull this one piece out and you look and you're like, ah, it's like a half a shade of green yeah. and a blah, blah, blah. And if you were to just put that piece away for his side for a moment, mm-hmm. and then you started assembling this whole puzzle, right? And then there's one piece missing, yeah. And then that's all you see, yeah. You don't see the other nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine pieces of the puzzle, correct? You see the one that's missing, right? And that's where life is just so beautiful, yeah. You know, because you're the small piece of this huge puzzle, correct. But yet, if you were missing, the puzzle is the puzzle's complete. not complete, and yeah. it, and it's an eyesore. Like you garbage. Just, it's all you focus You're like, on. This is stupid. No, and and throw it away. All you focus yeah. on is yep. what's missing. You know, and that's how you apply it through life. That's how you apply it through everywhere. You're that piece, mm-hmm. and maybe it's stay in your lane. Maybe that's it, and maybe that's the whole deal that they contacted Whitley Straber. He's a piece, yeah, of the puzzle. Maybe you know, and again, it's it's too big. And that's where I got to laugh with like environmentalism. It's too freaking big. Yeah. It's way too big. They've created an economy out of it. it, They've created an economy out of it. And also if you're on your phone on social media posting on how you're the, the most charitable thing to the environment that's ever been known to God. Just the act of using your phone is destroying the environment. Using your phone, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're just a moron. Yeah. I don't know any other way to put it. I know I should be talking, nice. You're just a talking head. You're a mouthpiece. That's, that's all you are. You're a mouthpiece so someone can ride on a jet somewhere. Yeah. You know, is it, you know, could the environment be treated better? Yes, it sure. could. Sure. Will it? No. And here's you know. the thing. What good is having one or two countries, you know, batten down the hatches, destroy their economy so that they can save the environment when the rest of the other countries are business as usual? Well, and here's the big problem with the environmental discussion. Mm -hmm. And this is what nobody will talk about. This is what nobody wants to talk about. So we'll talk about it here. (laughs) Here's the problem you have. So you have, say, the United States, the leading nations. Right, you have the yeah. United States. You have, you know, the majority of Europe and, you know, yeah. all that. Oh, we need to get zero emissions. Yep. We need to get, uh, you know, you can only use this much electricity yep. and blah, 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 Can't blah, blah, this. blah. You yeah. have to use that. Yeah. Tell that to the person in Africa who's starving to death that has to walk six miles for water every day. Yeah. That has no electricity. You tell them that they need to save the environment and only use a little bit of electricity while you're sitting in your climate controlled apartment or yes. home with a yes. swimming pool, yeah. two cars, yeah. you know, all the little fucking gadgets to fucking mm-hmm. watch TikTok videos and Facebook, yeah. you know, lives and, and all that stuff. That's where the wheels fall off. That's where they mm-hmm. fall off every single time. And no one's going to have that, that discussion, discussion. No. ever, you know, and, and that's where it ends. That's yeah. where environmentalism starts and it, it ends. ends. Yep. You know, until you're willing to live in a little adobe hut, you know, with no electricity yeah. and walk six miles for water like the, you know, third world countries yes. are doing. Shut up. Yeah. I'm just sorry. You know, just, just, just shut it. Simmer. You know, yeah. Simmer down Sim- now. Simmer down. And uh, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's 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 really just first world bullshit. 
Yeah. At the end of the day. First world problems. Yeah. Well, no. And then you hear people, you know, oh, it'd be so much. We could feed everybody and save the world if everybody just ate, didn't eat meat. And it's like, no, there's not enough room to grow the stuff. And it ruins the land more. Yeah. You know, and and it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's like. If you want to do that, you've got to get pretty comfortable with. GMOs because there has to be yeah. modifications. Do you have to, to modify the food? In order you to have be to able modify to sustain that. the soil and yeah. all that stuff. You know, so and you can't have it all. No, you can't. Just enjoy life while you have it here. Yes. And, and be grateful that you aren't chosen by the aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a yeah. To circle uh, back to that whole thing, the more and more I look at this stuff, I see. Like Demons are everywhere. I think it's demonic. Yeah. You know, especially, like I said, read the key, the uh, conversation. I did the audio book on two times speed. It was uh, three, uh, three hours. Yeah. And um, the conversation that he has with him, it's like this blurb of nonsense yeah. to trust the entity. Yeah. You know, and you need to be on machines yeah. to get this yeah. enlightened thing. And it's like, yeah, yeah. okay. Maybe not. No, thank you. <laughs> so uh, anything else to no. add? Again, I, I'm pretty excited for what we got coming up next yeah. week. Again, I, I just, um, I was going to actually, I haven't done this with an episode yet, but I was going to reach out to Whitley Straber and be like, we did an episode. Um, you know, yeah. we really, really respect everything mm-hmm. you've done. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And we, we hope. Uh, we did you proud yeah. on, on this episode. Because, again, when I read this late 90s, you know, or early 90s, late oh, 80s, yeah, early Yeah, it came 90s. out in 88. Yeah. And yeah. I'm pretty sure I, I read it, was, it 88, mm, yeah, 89 it was like late at the 80s, latest. early 90s, and I was in high school, uh, and, yeah, it just blew my mm-hmm. mind away. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, looked at it. It, yeah, there's there's a uh, there's a you before you read communion, and then, and then there's, there's a, the you after you after you read yeah. communion. And yeah. uh, I was 12 years old. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's a um and and that's the experience he had. Yeah, there was Whitley Strieber before all this stuff, and then there's Whitley, and after. then there's Whitley after. Yeah. And like I said, uh, you know, the ones who have shunned him away, and the ones that have uh, really just you know harassed him. People fear what they don't know. Yeah, it just. Um, you know, it's sad. It, it really is, is sad. Yeah. And um I hope um uh, I hope he's found peace and um and happiness in his life. And with that being said, uh next episode. This one's for you, Daphne. Baba Yaga. I know. She's been asking for her. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. Long time? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. All right. Like I feel bad. Like Three years asking for Baba Yaga. Oh, I'm like, nice. she's on the list, Daph. Yeah. No, yeah. we got good information. Or I've found some good information. Oh. And, uh, so, um, yeah, I'm really, really happy to uh, dive into that. Yeah. And that'll close out March for us, I believe. Mm, yeah. 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 She, uh, Man. and then we get into through March already. I know. Go so fast. Yeah. And then we get into April. April. Which I'm yeah. pretty excited about April, too. April's, uh, April's a stacked lineup. Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. Another thing uh, that I'd like to mention really quickly is, again, all the people listening to us, you're yeah. awesome. You uh, are. We blew away last uh, year at this. Uh, yep. Uh, we we blew the numbers already. Yep. 
So, um, yeah, Thanks, we're just, guys. yeah, thank you so much. And if you're telling other people, we really appreciate it. Um, we love you much. Pass us around like a dollar whore. Please do. Yeah. And if you can, again, as Jen all are welcome mentioned in the beginning, if you can rate and give us reviews yeah. and all that good stuff, it, it helps, helps us. Helps get out to new new eyes, yeah, new it ears. It helps with the algorithms and everything. Yeah. Um, again, machines running the show. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, do it so the machines will promote us. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your support <laughs> so you could support our podcast so the machines will love us. Roger out. <laughs> uh, uh, rule number one. No Ouija boards. <laughs> number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. No. Rule number six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. Yeah. Put your shopping cart away. Yeah. Shovel your sidewalk. Pick up your dog's poop. Mm-hmm. You can literally get the poop bags here's, everywhere. Here's another one. When someone, uh, you're walking by and they say hi, say, say hi, hi back. back. Yeah. If someone waves at you, wave back. Wave back and smile. Costs you nothing. Costs you nothing Zero at all. Zero dollars. Yeah. Spread that good juju around. Yeah. Yeah. Last but not least. No. Or no, seven. we got seven. Yeah. yeah. Don't engage with the black eyed. I'm going to say people. People. Yeah. yeah. Black eyes, other way. Black eyes. Eyes. Yeah. Not, eyes. Not guys. No. That's going to put our show into a different. Uh, you said black eyes. I know. I'm just clarifying. <laughs> and last but not least. Just listen. Yeah. Which if you made it this far, you can. Yeah. You yeah, can do yeah. that. So, um, with that being said, we ho- <laughs> we hope you yeah. have. <laughs> Do we? Is that what we're yeah. doing? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. All right. We hope you have a lovely day, a wonderful week. And make good choices. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>